Well, Happy New Year's. Welcome to another episode of the Cruise Conversations podcast. I'm Michael. And I'm Frank. And today's episode is episode number 28, and we're going to have what we're going to call a royal debate. Let's jump into it. So as Michael said at the top, we are going to do a quick debate on Royal versus Carnival. If you've listened before, you know that I've sailed mostly on Royal Caribbean. Michael, you've done both Royal Caribbean. I mean, we both have done both cruise lines. Obviously, we know what's out there, you know, just research and, you know, knowing the different venues. And we talk about, you know, the different venues on both a lot. Michael, you've definitely sailed more on Carnival, but you've done more Royal than I have done Carnival. But I think, you know, this is a good debate. I think the cruise lines have a lot of similarities, probably more similarities than they do differences. But in today's episode, really going to focus on those differences and kind of maybe we'll actually identify which one's better, but probably not. We're just going to highlight to you (laughs) which one we think is, you know, maybe the better cruise for you. And hopefully at the end of this, you can kind of see the main differences and make that just, you know, make that decision for yourself, whether you think one is better than, you know, or the other. And uh, hopefully we can do more of these too. There's a lot of cruise lines out there. You know, we're only going to cover two today, but I think it could be something fun that we do in the future, especially there's, you know, 20, 30 big cruise lines out there. We could eventually expand this and do more of these. Uh, But these are the two that we're probably the most passionate about and have the most expertise in. And we're going to evaluate these across different categories, such as food, entertainment, ship layout, some of the features on the ships, price, service, uh, room types, expansion strategies so more of like the business behind it but yeah i think that's kind of like a good kind of that's kind of how we're going to evaluate these cruise lines yeah so to kind of just start off with some general facts on both lines you know both royal caribbean international and carnival cruise line own some other lines underneath them carnival now has been out for 51 years and they own lines like princess holland america seaborne costa pno Kinard. And, but when you look at the Carnival side of it, they have 27 ships either currently sailing or some of their newer ones coming out next year. And then Royal Caribbean's 55 years old, so a couple years older. And then they also own Celebrity and Silver Seas. And then their bookable ships are up to 29 right now. So overall, I mean, both lines have been around for about the same amount of time and have just about the same number of ships with Carnival just having a few extra brands underneath it. Yeah, and I think the brands, you know, we, we kind of, before we get into more of the cruising experience, right, like as a company, Carnival is a much bigger organization, right? So their revenue is almost $7 billion. When you look at Royal, it's only like $4 billion. Although if you look at the net income, so how much money they're actually bringing home, Royal is bringing home very close to the amount that Carnival is despite having less uh, net income. So financially speaking, you know, earnings per share if you're a stock investor, you know, I would say based on that, Royal is a stronger company, but, you know, they have so many, Carnival has so many brands and they're spread out a little bit more in the marketplace. So you never know, you know, what brand is going to take off next. Uh, Maybe Princess with Alaska could become like the next big, big brand. So I think just, I think when it comes to looking at the business side of it, Royal has a smaller kind of set of products or, you know, you know, cruise lines, right? But Carnival has a bigger kind of lineup in total, but that, you know, not as much income per brand, I guess, if you will. 
So I'm not a, like a financial, uh, <laughs> not like a finance guy per se, but I just wanted to give a little bit more background on the business and how both are great stocks. If you are looking to invest, we, you know, you do get some, some shareholder benefits. I have Royal Caribbean stock, so you do actually get onboard credit. Um, and it's actually done really well over the last uh, couple of years after COVID it's up to like 127 as of today, really strong stock. And I know carnival carnival has been doing really well as well. I still regret not buying more back then when it was I so know. cheap. <laughs> After COVID, the stocks tanked and, you know, we tried to, I was buying and selling, buying and selling. And I wish I just kept it when it was like $30 a share. I wish yeah. I just put my entire money, everything I had into that. <laughs> but anyway, so getting into, you know, cr- comparing the cruise lines, right? The actual cruising experience now, before we even get into that, the cr- the price is a huge factor. And I think... A lot of people that are, when people talk about pricing, we just want to fact check. So we did pull some numbers and I will say, obviously Carnival is just to, just to take away the, the surprise Carnival is a cheaper option. And what we did just to do some quick analysis was we looked at just seven night sailings, October, 2024, pulled the average price. And the average price for Carnival for two people is $1,826. Uh, Royal Caribbean's was $2,100. So about $300 total, more expensive, like $150 a person, right? But what we did was we looked at Icon of the Seas, and that one is $4,000 for every single sailing in October. So that's like $1,600 like over four weeks. So I really spiked up the numbers. So once we took away the Icon out of the mix, it was actually only like $40 a person difference. So it ended up being like 80 bucks more expensive. So just put it in perspective, price is a big thing. I think sometimes people, you know, they think maybe Carnival is a lot cheaper or Royal is more, way more expensive. Just take a look at that as well when you're, when you're booking. But generally speaking, you know, Carnival is going to be a little bit cheaper than Royal Caribbean. I think they, they're also looking, I'm sure when they're pricing these, these cruises out there, looking at their competitors and what they're offering. And I'm sure it's, pretty close like we're not it's 80 dollars over seven nights for two people it's like not that much money so looking at these prices i wouldn't split hairs over you know which one is you know i would just always do your research right and i think that's why it's good to have a travel agent you know before when i was comparing prices across cruise lines it is tough to do it on your own and i think that having a good travel agent they can look across multiple cruise lines if you want to throw five different cruise lines in the mix they can pull what's the best price, what's the best um, option there for you. So I wouldn't, like, I think I would just look at based on when you want to go, where you're going. Again, Icon is going to be $4,000 and, you know, same with some of the more expensive carnival options. And they both have options that are a lot cheaper. So it, this one's kind of a wash. Yeah, 4000 for the newest carnival ships may be a little bit of a stretch there. Uh, I mean, obviously, Icon of the Seas is priced higher than I think any of obviously any of carnival's newer ships but i mean people are paying for it yeah. so i mean if the demand's there hey keep charging they're just gonna keep charging it because we're gonna keep paying it <laughs> <laughs> like we said many of these sailings are already sold out so yes yeah, so moving on to our next category you know it's probably one of the ones we're most passionate about food oh yeah you know with food there's kind of things that both lines are doing the same you know, the main dining room is kind of funny how both are going different ways right now. But when it comes yeah. down to both like the main dining room experience and then specialty dining, I mean, these are two great things to really dissect here. So, Frank, kind of just give some thoughts on Royals Dining right now. Yeah, I'm. to be honest, I, I do like the main dining room. I've always thought it's, you know, very 
it's like a little bit above average food, right? So it's not going to be anything that's going to blow you away. I personally love the Indian food on the ship. So every night I'm getting an Indian dish and then I'm going to get something else. And I'm either going to eat all of the Indian dish and then pick at like whatever else I get, whether it's a steak or chicken or some kind of soup or whatever's on the menu, like a pasta, which sounds weird eating pasta in a curry, but that's what <laughs> I, how I normally do it. Or I order multiple entrees. And then other nights, maybe I'll just get one or two things. But to me personally, I think that sometimes the Indian dishes are just like the best things that they have. And usually I can find one or two things per night that I really like. The The one thing that I that struggle with, Michael, is like the appetizers are all so good. And yeah. the entrees are like where I'm like, oh, I don't know about that one. Like, And I think what they're really trying to do is like give options for people that are vegetarian or vegan or you know, have like pescatarians, so they're always adding a fish. And to me, like that, that's, that makes it more difficult for me because I don't really want to eat something vegan. So they're really, they slimmed down the menu recently, right this year. And then they've taken, yeah, they've taken away options and things that I would probably normally order. And that, that does make it a little bit more difficult, but that, you know, with the curry option, I always get something that I want. So it, you know, it's above average. I would say they really, they do well with the, the appetizers maybe not as strong in the entrees after the new menu change. But again, there's always something I can eat. It's funny that you mentioned that too with the appetizers. Cause I know like the last cruise I did with my family, it kind of determined what days we were eating in the main dining room versus other places. Like if it had multiple good sounding appetizers, we would be more likely to eat there. And like the mains, like you said, were kind of just like the next level thought. So I mean, it's kind of interesting that we both like the appetizers actually help us decide like where we want to eat. Yeah. And I think it's probably like just thinking from the cruise lines perspective, it's probably easier for for them to make a bunch of small, smaller portions. Yeah. yeah. And like keep that fresh versus like trying to cook these big, big plates for so many people. Cause it is, I don't know how they do it. 6,000 people on a ship. Like, cooking fresh food. So the small, sometimes it is like, yeah, the small things, the the appetizers, but overall I would give it like a seven out of 10. Like it's, it's fine. You know, it's good. Maybe that's even high. Maybe like a six and a half out of 10. Like there's nights where, you know, you kind of leave and you're like, ah, oh, I may grab a slice of pizza after this, but the main dining room generally it's decent. I was about to say, I think they're kind of just both there neck and neck. I don't think really anything. I mean, me having both, I feel like more recently, Nothing's really stood out more at one than the other. Now, I also haven't had Royal's new slimmer menu yet. But then also, like when I was saying kind of the differences, the way they're going, Carnival's also kind of expanded theirs a little with some newer options that I also haven't had yet. So kind of hard to say there. Let's move on to specialty dining. This is where I feel like Royal definitely has the lead over Carnival. And the funny thing is both like the specialty I've done on Royal, like the different types of cuisines I haven't done on Carnival and vice versa. So it's hard to cut it for me to compare, oh, the... Jamie's Italian on Royal versus Cucina del Capitano on Carnival because haven't done both of them. And then on Royal, like you know, one of my favorite uh, specialty dinings was Hooked, and you still yeah. make fun to me to this day. But I also have never done Rudy Sea Grill on Carnival. So yeah, and, and price wise, it's about the same, right, Michael? Like when you're booking the specialty restaurants on Carnival, I feel like Royal it's usually like between thirty five, and we were looking at Hibachi for our cruise, but it was like. That's a that's the most expensive one besides like the chef's table, so that's like fifty three, but it's probably about the same. Yeah, overall, Carnival's maybe like ten dollars cheaper, but then also Royal, you got to think does the dining packages, which I think's a great idea if you know you're going to do multiple yeah. places. So I feel like that's kind of why they can charge a little bit more than Carnival because they know well if you're going to go once or twice, why not get a three night or unlimited yeah. dining package? 
especially on the seven nights too, right? It may only be like a little bit over $200, 210, 220. And you think about seven nights, that's, you know, $35, $40 a dinner. And for most people that's worth it. And you can eat, again, you don't get bored. You're going, you know, sushi, you're going, you know, Italian, you're, you're doing Jamie's, you know, hook. There's so many different options. I, I agree. I think Royals probably got that one. I will say though, Carnival probably has the advantage when it comes to the quick free food around the ship. If we add in the third category there, yep. they probably have the advantage. I mean, Royal is trying their best. They have a loco fresh, uh, which is the Mexican restaurant that you just kind of walk up and grab tacos or you can make, um, you know, bowls or you can have quesadillas that are already prepped. It's pretty good, I will say. Uh, it's not the best, but it's it's definitely an option. And there's other options that, you know, we that the cruise line has for Royal Caribbean across different ships. I know on Independence, they've got the fish and chips option right there by the pool deck, which they now have made free as well oh, for wow. basic uh, fish and chips. But again, I think this is a, with Guy's Burgers and some of the other options that they have. Uh, what was the other one they used? The Mexican one? The Blue Iguana? Blue Iguana, Shaq's Big Chicken. Those are all free, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's tough to beat right there. So I think based on what's included with the Carnival Fair, it's, it's I think Royal kind of loses in this category. Now, I will say I am excited to kind of see on icon of the seas especially like the food hall and like some of those free concepts how that ends up because i mean the food hall has like what six or eight different types of cuisine and i mean that's going to be a good amount of new extra included food which i yeah. think is going to be i great. think it's going to be competitive and after they add some of those new things to your point it, they, they need it i think they understand that the, the customers really are asking for for more options and they don't want to always buy the dining package to eat lunch and also, like, you don't always want to do, like, a specialty lunch, you know? Like, yeah. it is nice, but you don't want, like, a two-hour lunch on a sea day. At least I don't. So, I sometimes I just want to be, if the weather's good, I want to be by the pool. I want just something quick, fill up the stomach, get ready for that next drink. But I don't want to sit through two hours at the dining room or even at specialty restaurants. Yeah, I agree with all that. I mean, it's kind of cool to see how both lines are continuing to expand with both like the free dining like we said the specialty because even we didn't even mention but on the XL class for carnival you know for the first year Chibang and like the Italian for dinner were included and then yeah. they kind of just kept it because they made the dining rooms on these ships smaller but now even I mean after the inaugural season for both the ships I think your first time in both are free and then if you go back to the restaurant another night it's like five dollars which I mean, the food is worth it at that cost. And that's a good point, right? So I, I forgot to mention that Royal does have the Johnny Rockets, which it's like five bucks and you can eat as many burgers and fries and milkshake. Like if you have the drink package, the milkshakes and all that. Also, Playmakers is all a great option, right? So you can grab wings and fries and onion rings. Like it's, again, those are options that you still pay a little bit of money, but you're not paying a cover charge. Let's say you just want a burger. It's going to be $10 or less, right? And you can get, you know, a lot of food there for a low price. So they're starting to add some of those, but it would really be cool. Like even at Playmakers, if you had an option that just fries were free or something like that, where you could just walk in and grab something. I think Carnival, again, just definitely wins, wins in that category for the free food options. So moving on to different entertainment found on the ships, you know, this is where I, another category Royal just really excels at between their Broadway musicals, ice skating shows, the aqua shows outside. They have 
I guess, variety in general yeah. when it comes to shows. Whereas Carnival, you have your playlist production shows and then kind of like your game shows and Love and Marriage and all that. But I think where Royal really takes the step up here is a bunch of the just extra type of shows that you don't you won't find on Carnival ships. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, we have to give this category to Royal, but I think other than just the basic entertainment options, I think Carnival wins when it comes to the comedians, right? Like it's yeah. pretty much known that Royals comedians are good and they do, they do interchange them. Like it's not like Royal has a set of like 50 comedians that they always use and Carnival, like a lot of the comedians go from Royal ships to Carnival ships and tell joke. They make fun of the other, like they probably say, <laughs> Every Ro- time, yeah. they <laughs> like, probably say Royal Caribbean is a bunch of old people and on their right, you know, <laughs> wheeling around their wheelchairs. And then they say like Carnival is like just crazy people. Like <laughs> they all make fun of each other and that's, that's what we all laugh at. But I think Carnival does have, like, from what I've heard, the comedy club is awesome and and they've got good lineups in there. I think that's where we have to give it to Carnival. But other than that, I feel like Royal just has very, like, who would have thought about an ice ice show on, like, it's just cool. And the, the Aqua show is just something different. Like, and I'm surprised that Carnival hasn't tried to steal some of these ideas. <laughs> Yeah, I do partially agree with that because, you know, we often see the cruise lines kind of take some things from each other and not others. And, you know, it could come down to maybe a a space thing. They just find, oh, well, maybe they just have a better use of space for something else on the ships, which I think is kind of a good little segue here to go into kind of just the ship layout in general. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great point, right? Like we were just talking about the ice skating rink, for example. That takes up pretty much most of deck four on... Uh, the Oasis or Freedom class ships, right? So right next to the casino, you've got this massive ice skating arena, right? And that, that's a huge thing. And, you know, have if you're trying to walk across, like certain ships, like it kind of blocks the middle of the ship. So for me, that's probably like a downside, right? That, you know, it's taking up such a huge space. But I guess the upside is you get a great entertainment venue. But Michael, you've been on, you know, more recently, Royal and Carnival how would you describe like the different, I mean, obviously you got the different neighborhoods, right? So mm-hmm. you've got, you know, on the Oasis class, you've got the different neighborhoods, the boardwalk, the central park, you've got up, up on the pool deck and everything's kind of spaced out differently. But how would you compare like, I guess the different layouts on board? Like, is there anyone that you kind of prefer? Yeah. So when looking at the ship layout, let's compare the two newest ships I've done. So Wonder of the Seas and then Carnival Celebration. You know, both I feel like had great layouts. The neighborhoods on Wonder, I feel like they're kind of more separate, right? And, I mean, makes sense. They're completely different themes. Like we said, Central Park and the Boardwalk. I mean, they're fairly close to each other. A couple floor difference between the two. But you can kind of quickly get to one to the other. The, I mean, you can never go wrong with the Royal Promenade hanging out there in the evening with pizza and then going to the pub. Yeah. The, The thing I do like on celebration when it comes to these different zones is two of them are kind of pretty much like on top of each other right so you have the one level of let's say the gateway on celebration right and then above it is the miami slice or the miami section of the ship that has the miami slice pizza and all of that and what I like about this part of the ship is kind of just how close they are. And then there's a stairway to get up to the other. And it's almost like you have all of these venues all right there. And you don't have to go as far to get to one place to the other. Because then that also lets out to the center, center atrium. 
But like I said in the last episode we did, I really just like the themed zones and neighborhoods in general. So you really can't go wrong with either one. Like I said, the spacing between them isn't going to make me book one over the other. But like I said, I just think it's cool how on one of them, like the second floor, like that Miami, there's parts that overlook the first part. So you can kind of see the people down there and those venues as well. You can see the people from uh, Central Park down into the the promenade, promenade, right? Through the glass or the Rising Tides bar. Yeah, the Rising Tide bar. And then on Icon, I think we talked about it last last week's episode. You'll be able to see down through the promenade into the ocean because on the new ship, they're going to have views of the ocean from the promenade. And that kind of brings up another point in terms of the ship layout. I know that that's been a big pain point for for cruisers on Royal Caribbean is that you just feel, unless you go out on deck five and do the walking track on the Oasis class ships or you like on Freedom class, you go onto the helipad, right? You're not, you don't feel like it's connected to the ocean because you're, you'd have to have a balcony to get down and kind of be that close, right? Or else you're going to have to be on, on the pool deck looking out, you know, it's, it's a little further, right? So in terms of that, for Carnival, do you feel like there is kind of the ocean, you know, a little bit closer to the ocean where it's like views in some of those public areas or venues? Yeah, I think they did real good with that with the XL class because, like I said, like the center atrium overlooks like those three stories. They can drop down the LED walls and you can see the ocean right from there. So from like the center part of the ship looks out great in some of the different other zones. Like I said, the Miami area and the Gateway they have they actually that's one thing they did flip on from Mardi Gras to Celebration is on Mardi Gras the restaurants in that zone were on the ocean side okay so you couldn't see out on Celebration and Jubilee they flipped it so they could add windows there to see, kind I, of give I more like of that. that access which like like what we were saying like one of the areas I'm excited for on Icon is the 1400 Lobby Bar because I feel like this is really one of the first times they're really expanding the Royal Promenade to, like you said, produce those ocean views from that part of the ship. Yeah, I think that's going to be a great addition. Staying on just like the ship itself, right? So I know we talked about the ship layout. What about like the features, right? So we, we kind of touched on, you know, the Rising Tide Bar on the Oasis class. They've got the Bionic Bar, right? But even more so than bars, they got zip lines. They have, you know, this dry slide on the back, right? They've got the water slides. They got the flow rider, the rock wall, which is always, they've got two rock walls, which they were only using one on Oasis. I don't know why, but they got two <laughs> rock walls, right? On the Oasis class. Like in terms of those features, kind of what do you think is, you know, how do you compare the features that Royal Caribbean has versus what you see on Carnival? Yeah, so obviously Carnival, the flashiest thing on their newer ships is Bolt, the roller coaster on the top deck of the ship. I mean, that kind of, I mean, no other line has anything like that. So that's probably, I mean, obviously their biggest like standalone. As far as other features, I mean, it's probably, it's. I mean, it's definitely more pulled back. You have your water slides, which they normally, most of the water park areas have a decent amount of slides, mat slides, drop slides. You have your putt-putt back there, mini golf. Your pool deck, yeah, you're not going to find, like you said, like rock climbing or the flow rider. So some of like the free activities like that, uh, Royal definitely has the lead. And even stuff like the indoor skydiving and the yeah. North Star on the Quantum class ships, as well as the C-Plex with the bumper cars and the archery during the day or different sports on the court there. But yeah, so it's definitely reeled back a little. But one thing I think Carnival does have more during the day is just some of the different activities. So I feel like they have like more trivia around the ship during the day or different really? like food demonstrations. Yeah, I feel I feel like number a trivia for sure more. Okay. Um, and I've enjoyed trivia on both. 
but kind of more just their fun squad out there trying to do more activities in different public spaces on the ship. Next, Frank, let's go over kind of just the service you'll find on your ship. So whether that's guest services, your room stewards, your dining staff, how what, how have you seen service on the ships you've cruised on? Yeah, I, to me, like I feel like service is a huge thing. And, you know, we had Marina on the podcast for the Carnival perspective. I've been on Carnival. And that was one of the main things that, you know, stood out to me when I was cruising. Again, I was younger, but I definitely felt like they kind of treated me on Carnival like I was younger didn't, I mean, I had a decent experience, but noticed a big difference when I jumped over to Royal in terms of the service. Just the speed at the bars, right? So getting drinks, you know, was really fast. We talked about that on her podcast on Marina's where we, you know, you have to sign a check every drink. So it definitely like speeds, you know, makes it a little slower when you're ordering drinks. And the room stewards, I, I honestly, when I was on Carnival, I didn't notice too big of a difference there. I think Carnival was the first one to kind of cut back to one a day after COVID. And now Royal is doing the same thing unless you're in a suite. So in terms of that service, I mean, they, they both have gone the same direction there. I can blame Carnival for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Carnival, for, for reducing it to one. And now Royal is following them. But no, I mean, I think overall, I would say service. I probably lean towards uh, Royal just because I feel like I remember having a negative experience on Carnival a couple of times. How do you, you've more recently sailed both. So how do you kind of compare that service? Yeah. I mean, I feel like overall the service is real similar. My room stewards on both the ships have been great. Bar staff been great. Uh, Just staff around the ship in general have been great. I really haven't had many bad experiences on any of the cruises, luckily, that I've done either line, which I feel like is great and knock on wood that that continues to happen. Um, cause like we said, these, I mean, these people really make your vacation at the end of the day yeah. and you know, from the bar side of it too, I didn't even really think, uh, like you said, Marina's how they had to sign each time for the drink. I guess really I've only had a drink plan on carnival once versus I guess I've had it a couple of times on Royal. So I guess I haven't really noticed that, but that is a good point. I mean, like you said, Royal, you just swipe and go. So, yeah. or tap your side. little, uh, wow band down now they uh, they have that on the oasis going again i, I love those oh that's great and in, in terms of service right i feel like one thing that i want to call out is like the cleanliness right so like i've always felt that cleanly you know feeling like the ship is clean is a big thing especially like the main like if you're in the bathrooms or you know you're on the main areas have you noticed any difference on that or pretty much the same you yeah, know i feel like that's been pretty Similar too, pretty the same. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy because, I mean, especially especially at nighttime too, you always see them going around cleaning all the hands. And I mean, you see it during the day too. But I yeah. mean, if you ever just have time and you're just walking around the ship late at night, there's still people always going around oh, cleaning yeah. everything to make sure it's as clean as can be for, like you said, to have a just a great overall experience. Yeah, 24-hour cleaning for sure. The next category that we want to discuss was the rooms and the room types. From what I've read, you know, I see mixed things, right? So I send you some articles, Michael, on just a comparison before this podcast. Some people are saying, you know, they like the layout of the rooms, just basic standard rooms, like an interior balcony better on Royal. I think it's maybe a little bit biased of an article, so I'm not going to, you know, say it's one way or the other. Generally speaking, the rooms on Royal, I've, I, I enjoy the layout. I've never, even for the European cruise seven nights, I've never felt like, I didn't have enough space for stuff. So I've always felt like, you know, I have plenty of room to, you know, put my clothes away and Scotty's clothes away and all of that. Right. So never had any issues on there. Have you noticed a big difference in size or anything like that one way or the other? Yeah, no, not really here either. I mean, I feel like obviously Wonder had a balcony. It was great. Ample amount of storage on the ship, plenty of USBs and outlets around the ship. The 
plug into the charge devices. And even on Celebration, we were in an interior, but I mean, it never felt cramped. I mean, there too, you had plenty of storage space. Some of like the little ottomans flipped around. You could throw stuff in there, plenty of closets. I think both of those ships both have glass door showers, if I recall. So no big, yeah, great no big. lighting. Yeah, so n- no real big differences between room types. I mean, I'm also the person that's I'm not in my room much. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sleeping in there. I'm getting ready in there for dinner in the evening or something, and that's about it. So now I will say you mentioned the point of like Europe. I mean, obviously you were on an older ship, and you still felt like that. You had oh plenty. an ample amount of storage space and all that. So it was an old ship. I mean, it was a very <laughs> very old ship. It was an enchantment, which is like I mean probably before I was born, people were selling on that thing. And, you know, it was, it was fine. You know, plenty of space. You just, you just figure out a way to get your stuff unpacked. And, you know, maybe if you don't have enough hangers, you just fold stuff and then hang it, put it on the hanger after you wear one of the other hung items. Right. So you kind of change them out, but totally plenty of space. Didn't have any issues there. Now, in terms of the types of rooms, Michael, I will say Royal probably wins that category. Right. So in terms of the room. If you're a suite guest, if you have six people and you want a grand piano and a slide in the room and a <laughs> hot tub on the balcony, like if you're basically if you're bougie <laughs> and you want to spend you know done ton, maybe seventy five k a week on a room, Royal has a room for you. <laughs> I think that they they I mean I think Carnival still has some really nice suites, but from what I've seen, I mean they are they are like even more so than some of these luxury lines. Like their suites are just specifically on the family side, like the family suites with the slides that go down and just all the game systems you can imagine and piano staircases in the room. It's just like, it's crazy. Yeah, this is one area I really don't know that much. I mean, all I've ever done is interior or balcony on Carnival and Royal. I know Carnival, you have, you still got your spa suites with Cloud9 access. You got your Havana state rooms that kind of give you your own little private deck. I know they do got some like junior suites and some full suites. I just really don't know what. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like you said, it's not as nearly probably as grand as some of the staterooms on yeah. Icon or the newest Royal ships. So our last category for today is the expansion strategies of both of both companies, right? So for me, for expansion s- strategies, right, you got new ships, new destinations. You know, I think Royal has been promoting. They, you know, Coco K was a big thing that happened bef- right before COVID and, and that launched well and that's a huge product for them. And I think they've pretty much made it so Coco K is for most Caribbean destinations, you're stopping there. And that's a huge selling point for them. That's how they're generating so much money, even off their three and four day uh, cruises that, you know, people are so excited to stop at Coco K. And I'm excited for us to go back this next year. But I think more so than their private island, which they do have the perfect day at uh, Lalepa, which is coming soon, apparently. That's another one out towards Australia, Asia market. They've got the private destination that they're building at Nassau, which I believe is coming out in 2025. Not going to be like a total private island, but just a private kind of destination that you can go from the cruise over there. That'll be cool. But I think that Royal is very focused on their their cruise ships, right? So the new cruise ships that are coming into the market, everything that they're doing for advertising is really just around their newest ships. And that's why they're, you know, pricing them so high. That's how they're making all this money. So it's, it's the $4,000 cruise on Icon of the Seas or even Star of the Seas, which we looked at, came out a couple of weeks ago and same prices, right? It, it's, 
super expensive and and people are again people are paying the price and that's part of their you know expansion strategy is to continue to build these newer ships more innovations more exciting like those wow factors so that's kind of their stance on it well how would you say carnival's kind of been positioning themselves in the market yeah carnival 2 has really been like focused on just expanding their cruise ships and their fleet you know post covid they sold off a ship or two i think one of like some of their older ships that are already kind of close to the end of their service life but you know one of the big things they've been doing the past couple years yeah we've had mardi gras come out and celebration and you've heard us talk about those a lot on the podcast obviously we mentioned jubilee that's had its inaugural cruise by now and these are their newest, like, largest ships. But I think one thing that's kind of been underrated is ever since COVID-2, they've been moving some of their Costa ships over to, to Carnival, right? So you have the Carnival Luminosa, and they have that in the Australian market and Alaska market. And then you have the Carnival Venezia and Frienzi, which are both their fun Italian-style ships, they're calling it. Obviously, Venezia it came out this past year or 2023 and is primarily out of New York. They're going to have it down to Orlando, I think, the end of this year, actually. And then Fernenzia is going to be launching in 2024 here over in Long Beach. So they're moving some of these smaller ships over but adding like their flair to it yeah, and putting them in different markets. So like we said, Long Beach, Australia, New York, where the, obviously their larger ships aren't. Now, don't get me wrong. The Frenenzia, Venezia, Luminosa, these aren't their smallest ships in the fleet. These are kind of, I think, like your magic size, maybe yeah. Vista class size ships. So still, I mean, pretty big yeah, overall. Pretty big. And then, but while also, like we said, the XL class focusing on that. And past Jubilee, they haven't really announced what's coming next now. And most, when you look at most, I mean, obviously, I feel like Oasis is like the outlier when it comes to any of these cruise line classes. So I think you look at some of Royal's other classes, and they're what, three, four ships yeah. in size? And that's kind of Carnival, too. So it'll be interesting to see if they stop here at three with Jubilee or if they continue to extend the XL class and order another ship or two. But then also you mentioned Private Islands. And, you know, Carnival still hasn't released at any really details on it yet. They've just released kind of like the renderings of what Celebration Key could look like coming out next year in 2025. So overall, kind of a different approach. I know in the past we've talked about how Royal may eventually come out with a new smaller class ship. So yeah, I feel like, like I said, Venezia, Frienzi, Luminosa, some of these haven't been talked about as much, at least, I mean, we haven't sailed on them, um, but the, the Italian ones, I'd love to get on because they yeah. look beautiful in the inside. They've done a really nice job on that. I think, you know, we didn't really mention this on this episode, but Royal is really talking about doing a smaller cruise yeah. ship and doing a class, you know, they've called it like the discovery class or kind of tease that, that concept, right? And I think that's going to be, I wonder if they will do something similar to Carnival where instead of constructing those, maybe they do purchase, you know, maybe it's a luxury cruise line that's that's trying to replace and they make a deal and either, you know, obtain a couple of those ships or maybe they do build them from scratch. I don't know, but that would be, you know, we really, I think that they need that in terms of their future when it comes to, they're going to have to get, I mean, their ships are getting older, they're aging and they're going to have yeah. to replace and, I, I imagine next year, as as we go on every year, we're probably going to hear some of these older ships that we've sailed on are going to, you know, either be sold or scrapped, which yeah. it needs to happen, right? Like some of them need, you know, as you add more and more new ships, the other ones are just becoming less and less attractive. But if if you're going to Europe or you're doing some of these 
you know, itineraries where you're not on the ship as much, it could be a really great way to get a good deal. So don't just look at the the new and exciting ones, especially if you want a, a great deal or you're going to a place where it's not, not about the ship, you know? So for us, we, we love the new ships, but definitely look towards the, the smaller, older ships if you want that, that good pricing there. So Awesome. Well, I feel like we wrapped it up, so we pretty much said Royal's better, and uh, <laughs> that's that. But no, I think this was a good episode. I mean, it was nice to kind of walk through the different categories. Again, you know, some, some of them, we, we admit, Carnival wins, but I think some of them, you know, Royal wins. And yeah. you kind of have to take this for you know, with whatever whatever means the most to you, whether it's the price or the food or the entertainment or the room types, and just kind of make the decision for yourself What how are you going to decide to cruise in the future. So... Awesome. Really enjoyed it, Michael. Yeah. Way to be civil about this debate. (laughs) I still think Royal is better, but with that, thank you again for listening. We do have one Q and a question for today. So the first Q and a, and the only Q and a question that we have is from Christina. Christina said, when is the best time to book a cruise? Is it cheaper? Well in advance or last minute? Yeah, Christina, thanks for the question. You know, I think the one thing we're always going to kind of put out there is you should book as soon as you can. You know, the prices normally further out are going to be better than closer to the sailing. At least that's what we've seen as of more recently. Obviously, some of the cruise lines price things differently. But like we've said in the past, if you do book at a whatever price you book at, if the price does drop, you can always get a refund. Sometimes it will be just cash back. Sometimes if it's closer to the sale date, it may be onboard credit. But overall, yeah, tip, your best bet's typically going to be further out yeah and i always look for the last minute deals like even this holiday season i was looking for december hey can i hop on a quick three four night and get a good deal but it there, there just weren't there weren't deals out there <laughs> and uh, i think everyone had the same idea as me and we were looking for clients too like people were reaching out to us to book in december and it was just like i mean the price was tough to justify there were a couple msc deals that were out there but for royal carnival norwegian disney Uh, Virgin, everything was, you know, pretty much booked up and people were ready to get away for the holidays this year. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm looking at pricing now for January, February, it it seems high to me. And if you look out to October, November next year, even early December prices look good. So my recommendation to Michael's point is to, to try to book them as soon as you can get that lock it, lock in that price. And if you want to, you know, get the best price, you can always call up the travel agent that you're working with or, call the cruise line yourself and, and, you know, get the best price. Cause to me that I do check it every once in a while for my own bookings. And we even took advantage of a drop, a drop recently on, on our bachelor cruise coming up in the next couple of months. So, you know, definitely keep an eye on the prices, even for drink packages as well. And take advantage of that better price. Yeah. Couldn't have said it any better myself. So Christina, thanks for the question again. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Cruise Conversations podcast. And we really hope you enjoyed this debate, hearing us kind of, like we said, talk over Carnival and Royal and some of the similarities and differences between the two lines. As always, if you have a question for a future question and answer segment, feel free to DM us on Instagram. And if you're ready to book your next cruise, you know, we'd love to help you uh, either lock in a price or get something booked. Feel free to fill out the form in our bio or shoot us a text at the phone number in the bio as well. We hope you all have a great week and we'll see you back here next Wednesday.